Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. So today we wanted to talk about Friendsgiving and where it came from and what it has to do with uh, emotional labor, especially for women that we've talked about before. Um, I'm sure a lot of us are feeling it right now. Samantha and I just kind of had a a mini de-stress moment uh, before doing this. So I want to ask you, Samantha, um, do you celebrate Friendsgiving? So for a little while, we did. And I just remembered I had two different ones for two very different reasons. Holidays are awful for me. I don't love it. I'm trying to get better about it every year. I think I've told this uh, story before. Every year, I really try. And then when it comes around, I'm just like, no, I don't like it. I don't like it. Let me just sit in <laughs> alone on my couch. And of course, just the last year with the pandemic and coronavirus going around, and then my whole family got affected, like, real mm-hmm. hard. So it was real easy for me to step out of that one. Right. But of course, that also meant we didn't do the Friendsgiving that we have done before. I will say I had one group of friends who did it when... I would do racing, which is really weird because I did a couple of half marathons where afterwards I would go and I'm like, I'm eating pies all day because I just ran 13.1 mile and (laughs) I can do this, right? Right. Um, And I remember celebrating with them. We did that for a couple of years and then that kind of fell through because uh, they ended up having their own families and or uh, other traditions happened. And then I went to another one, which was beautiful and they were good friends and they just hosted a whole feast. So my two uh, really good friends, one of them is a chef and he kills it and makes all these things, best mac and cheese, all of the things. And we come together and I usually bring in like, hey, I bought cookies. You're welcome. Um, (laughs) Because I just get nervous and I just get overwhelmed with all of that. As you know, Mm -hmm. you've seen me cook. It's a, it's, a, it's a task. <laughs> it's always delightful. <laughs> it's a try. Uh, but I really do enjoy it. Uh, I think it got bigger and bigger for that one. And so it started getting too chaotic for me. Yeah. Where I'm like, I have to hang out with strangers now because friend right. of friend of friends would come. And then I'm like, what do we do now? Right. But that actually quickly <laughs> changed to being like a secret, not secret Santa, but like the silly Santas where you have to take away gifts from each other or whatever that that gift is. I can't remember the name right. of it. But so it mm-hmm. became that as well because mm-hmm. it would be in between Christmas and Thanksgiving. So we would mm-hmm. have a meal and share the meal, but it wasn't necessarily Thanksgiving. So it was Friendsgiving, obviously, but mm-hmm. also geared towards Christmas. It became that. Right, right. I think I also celebrate several different Friendsgivings because um, I have a lot of different friends groups that just don't interact for one reason or the other. Usually it's just they come from different points of my life and they don't intersect. Do you, so (laughs) I've been thinking about this and maybe we need to do an episode, but do you isolate friend groups? Yeah, I think you know I'm pretty bad about it, honestly. Yeah. I'm a real, I get really nervous about what if my friends don't like each other? Right. (laughs) And I am, I feel that same way, but I feel like all of my friends should be each other's friends. Typically, so I just Mm -hmm. bring everybody together no matter what, unless it's something specific like, oh, this is a work function, so we're going to keep this a work function. But Mm -hmm. like if you make it into my friend group, I try to mix up all of the friends, but I have several friends who you included that keep them isolated in specific pockets. And I find that interesting. Whole different conversation. (laughs) I will. I will intersect the friend groups and it almost always goes okay. 
Um, I have a few instances where it didn't, but <laughs> I just get, I get so in my head about it. I get so worried about it. And I'm always like, what if they're mad I invited this person they don't know? I think about it way too much. But anyway, so for a while I was going to like three or four every year. And that's like a different, it's really funny to me that this holiday started out as like a way to not be stressed and have a relaxing one. And then as we are wont to do in America and with capitalism, it did sort of get co-opted. Uh, we're going to talk all about that. I still love Friendsgiving, but it, it, it was like, okay, now I've gone from like two celebrations to seven. Um, and so I celebrate, I'm going to one this Friday, hopefully. This Friday or next Friday? This Friday. Oh. Because uh, Friendsgiving usually takes place the Friday, well, we'll talk about that. It, it, it usually takes place the weekend before or after, like two weeks after Thanksgiving. Um, but I did have a friend group that did it. Um, they would have their Friendsgiving the day after Thanksgiving. And I could never go because like, I'm still in family mode at that point. And it was always a bummer because I wanted to go. I right. liked those friends. But they also lived like an hour away. So it wasn't a right. super easy thing. Well, you know, Caroline, previously of Stuff Mom Never Told You, her birthday's always the day after right. Thanksgiving. And it's always like, mm-hmm. or right near Thanksgiving. It's always such a bummer because she's like, no one's around. I can't hang with anybody. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I And I always do try to make an effort to get <laughs> to her party, which I feel like she usually yes. throws like two days later or something. Yes, because she, she knows that if, they, right. if she wants people there, typically she has to wait. But yeah. Right. I was like, oh man. My sister's yeah. the same way. Her birthday's right after Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I've had some, I have some friends that have that issue as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I feel like mine, my main friend group that I've had that does Friendsgiving, um, we've been doing it since high school, which is actually when it started to get really popular. Uh, but it has also become kind of a Christmas slash Thanksgiving where we exchange gifts and, and stuff like that. So that makes sense to me. Yeah. Easier to kind of... Right. Mash it together. Right. Okay. So we wanted to talk about what Friendsgiving is, some of the history behind it. Yeah, it's pretty much what it sounds like. Friendsgiving is typically a gathering of friends over a large meal. It happens sometimes around the American holiday of Thanksgiving, sometimes as a replacement for the holiday, usually celebrated with family. So for some, it's a way to get out of a family gathering, while for others, it's much more of a logistical choice. Like maybe you're setting out of the country. Um, Like I had a lot of friends in uh, college who, you know, were from a different country and they're not going to fly home. Or even different parts of the country. Like not everyone can afford to do that. Right. And other countries don't celebrate this, so. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Right, 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 right. Yeah, and maybe for whatever reason, you don't have family to celebrate with. Um, For some who may live at home with their parents' family, it's a nice way to get out of the house and get some space. And I remember in high school feeling like, oh, we're having a... It felt like we were adult or something, like we were hosting an event. Yeah. Um, I have some friends that do it in part because they can't drink at family events. And, you know, it's just nice to know that you're generally aligned culturally, politically, socially with the other attendees, which might not be the case uh, with your family. Case in point, my family, which (laughs) is also why I don't want to go home, but I must. And I do, I know I am very honest and open. I love my family. I really do. And as a child, I did enjoy the uh, Thanksgiving thing. It made me feel homey. It made me feel nice. We had some little traditions. Um, 
it was when I started getting older, I was like, oh, this is getting bad. This the conversation is getting bad. Oh, we are really awkward with each other because it's obviously that we're growing apart and I'm starting to have my own ideals and it's not aligning with yours. And this is getting uglier because uh, one of my brothers is really, really good at just needling just enough. But my yeah. mom says, does the, he's just joking, but also gets really uncomfortable and tells him to stop. So right. it was both of those things. Yeah. Recently had a couple of blow up with the families where... I don't have any, we've never outright had a conflict before. And then all of a sudden it's been kind of between me and my mom uh, because mm-hmm. I probably share the most with her. I don't talk directly mm-hmm. to my siblings. I'm, I'm not close to them. So yeah, this is absolutely me. Um, and the first time I was able to like not go home and I actually visited friends in Baltimore, mm-hmm. it was amazing. And I wish I could do that. I'm like, how do I do this every year? <laughs> right, right. I know for me, like growing up, we would go, my mom's side of the family, like all of her siblings would come and they would bring their children and my grandparents would be there. And it was really cool and I liked it, but I much preferred it when we started doing it with like just our family, just a small amount of people. It was much less stress, even for me as a child. Like, I don't know, I was picking up on all these things. Right. <laughs> right. Um, So, history-wise, as far as we know, the word first appeared in writing in 2007 on places like Twitter. A mashup of friends and Thanksgiving used to describe an informal meal shared with friends in the holiday season. People were quick to adopt the term. It really is probably one of the more significant words that we all know now in the U.S. Uh, And it started appearing in things like magazines or edited print online, popping up in a variety of lifestyle pieces in 2008 and 2009. Yes, they're going to monetize like nobody's business. And this is an amazing, another holiday? Let's do this. Yes. And speaking of, Friendsgiving really took off in 2011 because that year, Bailey's Irish Cream used it in an ad campaign, and it was part of an episode of The Real Housewives of New Jersey called Gobble Fellas. Is this the one where she flips the table? I have no idea. I I, I need someone to tell me because I'm too lazy to Google this. I'm <laughs> we pretty could never sure. find out otherwise, listeners. You're never only ever. <laughs> I just remembered the iconic scene. This is when I was kind of watching The Housewives and New Jersey. They are. <laughs> they are entertaining. Like, I'm trying to yes. find the best words. And if I remember correctly, I wonder if this is the infamous flip scene that's on almost like so many. It became one of the best gifts right. for a while. <laughs> well, listeners, let us know. We are, we are <laughs> counting on you. In 2013, Butterball, as in the turkeys, yes, filed a patent for Friendsgiving turkey. In Southern California in 2013, Taco Bell hosted a Friendsgiving feast with the slogan, nothing is better than a friend with Taco Bell. And you can find the invites online. You can find shirts. You can find pictures. It gave me some delight. (laughs) So on TikTok, just recently, and I will send you this video, Annie, because I've sent you everything else. (laughs) Why not? Uh, A woman actually pretty much challenged Taco Bell saying that she lived in rural... I don't know if it's like North Carolina or somewhere, maybe Georgia even, and there was no Taco Bell. She's like, there's no way you can get this to me. I dare, how are you going to do this thing? And so Taco Bell sent a whole care package to her with all of these fancy, air quotes, uh, 
like dining room stuff and including uh, like side dishes, table runners, forks, all of them with Taco Bell embroidery. They had like uh, stickers for her to give away, patches, but it was a whole meal. And it wasn't Taco Bell. It was Thanksgiving meal for her. Wow. That's interesting. It wasn't Taco Bell. No. I think she got the sauces though. Okay. Which apparently there's a shortage of. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. She better watch out. People right? love those sauces. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Sorry. Taco Bell's killing this Friendsgiving, Thanksgiving thing. I'm just going to say it. I really enjoyed learning about it. It made me laugh. <laughs> and these are just a handful of the companies that jumped on the Friendsgiving wagon in these early days. Over 75,000 Facebook events contained the word Friendsgiving in 2015. And that same year, mentions of Friendsgiving doubled on the payment app Venmo. Oh, Venmo. Now it's mainstream enough that a movie called Friendsgiving came out in 2020. I missed this one. And it got around 1.2 million mentions on Instagram. That's awesome. And that same year, Merriam-Webster added it to the dictionary. Well, then it's super official, of course. And you can (laughs) buy shirts, find how-tos, recipes, and even rules and commandments. I have seen a lot of etiquette things about Friendsgiving. I have too. And I was like, whoa. (laughs) You need to know the rules. It's like a horror movie. There's been a lot of clashes for sure, including the fact that if you bring the wrong person, if you bring guests you're not supposed to, how much food you're supposed to bring, and what Mm -hmm. kind of, like, if you're supposed to bring drinks or not. Like, it's a thing. Yeah, and I've learned you're not supposed to expect to use the person's kitchen, like all sorts of stuff. Well, not that I ever did that, but I didn't realize. (laughs) You have cold food. Wow. But yeah, I feel like with all of these things that you can find now, it does sort of get away from the original intent of Friendsgiving, which again, was supposed to be a much more relaxed hangout time. But more on that in a second. Social scientists believe that a part of the popularity when it comes to millennials and Friendsgiving also has to do with things like delaying marriage or not getting married at all, not having children, the shifting view of what family is and can be. Friends of the new family was something that came up in a lot of the articles I read. So that makes sense. Yeah, it's, that, it's the new trend is that uh, blood is not your family. You make your own family. And we know a lot has happened, especially when it comes to LGBTQ communities and how this has really been able to be a replenishing for them in the friends group, Mm -hmm. so in the family group. Um, Malcolm Harris, author of Kids These Days, Human Capital and the Making of Millennials, thinks it's more of a sign of the average lower income of millennials, saying, quote, Friendsgiving is a propaganda weapon used by the ruling class to further their plans for wage stagnation. Yeah, it was interesting, Art. It was an interesting, yeah. Oh, and that was probably one of the lighter quotes he had. Um, But essentially, like, we can't afford to have Thanksgiving, our houses, our family. Like, it's a whole thing he wrote about it. So there's that as well. (laughs) Okay. Cheers. Yes. Yeah. Cheers to that. Um, I think there's a lot of reasons going on beyond the ones we've already listed behind Friendsgiving. We've talked before about how the emotional labor, um, which by the way, it is a, a lot of emotional labor of the holidays, often falls to women, especially if you are a mother or like 
ahead of the family in some way, or it's, you know, you're expected to do a lot of the planning. Um, and during the pandemic, this has become even more laborious, draining and exhausting. I keep seeing all these things about all the shortages going on and having to get your gifts way ahead and plan the food way ahead, all that stuff, um, which is stressful. So when you search Friendsgiving, the results aimed towards women are interesting because a lot of it sounds to me like essentially come as you are, wear your pajamas if you want, bring what you want, whether you brought it at the store, made it. Um, A much less stressful, more relaxing get-together where women don't have to put on this performance. A lot of it to me just sounds like, yeah, you don't have to put on this performance, just come, have fun, Um, which is interesting because I think it's really telling that we created a holiday that's supposed to be stress-free when in theory, the holidays are a time for relaxing, but who makes the magic? It's often women. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, so the more recent Friendsgiving that I've been a part of is a same-sex couple. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's it's, uh, my guy friends and they are amazing at it. And they do so much. They do a lot of work. I will say that. I know just as much as I love hosting, it's a whole venture. Yes. I have uh, a, a friend couple like that as well. And that was something else that I I came across when I was researching this is, again, the whole idea that maybe you don't have, um, you're delaying marriage or not getting married or your family doesn't accept you for whatever reason, but you still want to host things. Um, and some people do enjoy that aspect of it. And like, you know, that feeling of I have enough space, like I've made it and I can host something. For some people, that's really, really rewarding. I do like it on occasion. Right. But in general, (laughs) stressful. It's a a whole thing. I know like the beginning, getting everything together, trying to put it together, making sure you have enough food, making sure I've got the right food, whether it's, okay, this one doesn't drink, so I need to make sure this is available for them. Uh, This one is lactose intolerant. This is vegetarian. So we need to have Mm -hmm. these availabilities and don't let these things touch. Like these are things that go through my head. And then once I've seen that everyone has enjoyed it, and what I mean enjoy, I mean they're eating all the foods or loving what's going on or having a really good conversation and are just relaxed, then after that, that's when my satisfaction happens and like, oh my God, I did it. Slash, I'm so glad they came. I love my friends. Those types of moments. But the initial is the biggest headache and anxiety-inducing moment of like scrounging and scraping about everywhere and rushing around like a chicken with their head cut off essentially (laughs) trying to get it together. Yeah. 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 And then having that, the fear the whole time of like, what if something's gone wrong? Or what if people don't have a good time? Am I doing enough entertaining? Right. Me having uh, to hop around and make sure you've got plates. And of course, I mommy extra hard. And I say that in that I'm very Southern, uh, caretaker level, social work person here. That So I need to know, not only have you eaten, you've gotten your drinks. You Are you low? I'm coming. Oh, what, what else do you want? <laughs> like that is, and right. so I never try, I never stop. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is true. I can attest. (laughs) Um, I learned that from my mother, to be fair, which again, (laughs) puts that whole heavy burden. Yep. I think a lot of that, especially as we've discussed a lot of times, women are more socialized to be like the event planners and the social people that are making sure everything's okay. And that's one of the things when I started, I won't call it a feminist awakening, but I started having like these questions and I would get so mad on Thanksgiving because it would be me and my mom and we would just cook all day in the kitchen. And then 
people would come down and eat and then they would go back up and then we would clean everything up. And I was like, this is some bull. Right. <laughs> and then they would get like frustrated if if it, they would get hungry and it wasn't done yet. Like, You're welcome to come down and help. <laughs> but then oh, no. if they come down and help, <sighs> I have a lot of people in my family who are not good at making conversation and also are not good at like they, it's almost like they shut down when you tell them how to do something and they don't know how to do it. And then it's like, now I've got to, to explain all this to you. Um, so it becomes a thing where like now it's gone from at least me and my mom. I say this as someone who loves my family as well, but at least with me and my mom, like we have easy conversation. We kind of know what to do. It's not a stress. But if they come down then I got to, we got to have this conversation. I don't know, it's, all the attention is on you. Ah. Uh. <laughs> But no, I think one of the big things that I remember from my parents, my mother specifically, is as much as she needed help, but because she got, would get frustrated if it wasn't done in such a way. And I'm not trying to gaslight. This is not the pretending like you don't know what to do and you mess up on purpose. That incompetence, right. incompetence dance, that, that level. Uh, it's not even that, but she really has this ideal of exactly what she wants and she ha- gets flustered and can't communicate that well. And so in her mm-hmm. mind, and she'll tell you this, she would rather just go ahead and do it then have to tell you because this is going to be such a frustrating conversation. By the time she finished telling me or you or someone else, she could have already done it in her mind. Mm -hmm. That is her rationale. So having people around her and she's, she's kicked me out of the kitchen many a time because you're just (laughs) underfoot. I just need to get this done. Like literally being told that the only person at some point in time, she finally trusted was my sister who is almost as anal as her. Mm. So it was like right on par with each mm-hmm. other. So she was able to trust that as she's gotten like a much older and, and our family has grown much more extensively. She has kind of cared less and stepped back, which also is why we'll have Thanksgiving dinner and it's sandwiches. And I, I understand why, but that is one of the biggest disappointments I think I've ever <laughs> gone through because I don't typically, you know, Christmas, I'm not always home and my mother is a good cook and they're all great. And yes, I know it takes a lot of effort, but I'm like, oh. This is my Thanksgiving <laughs> holiday mm-hmm. meal. Okay. <laughs> but again, I understand why. And I, mm-hmm. I get like, yeah, I'm over it. She's over it. She's done. She's done. Um, she's done this for 50 something years now. Yeah. And she's right. like, and I've had to be doing this for so long. Uh-huh. Done. <laughs> You're right. Right. It makes sense. We've definitely, there are definitely things that we've slowly kind of let go over the years. Right. Like, we're not going to do that anymore. We're not going to get out the nice <laughs> table t- right. cloth oh, or whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> Unless my mom feels fancy, mm-hmm. then right. we do paper plates. Right, right. Yeah. I'm just so much. It's, it is a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, and actually, that was another thing I wanted to bring up is the reason Thanksgiving is on a Thursday in the first place is so that the wife would have time to make this big feast for her family and the traditional Sunday meal that used to be like every Sunday you would do this. So that is why it's on Thursday. Oh my goodness. Right? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I did not know that. I'm very upset about the situation. And I guess it makes sense because we know that Thanksgiving, and I know there's been an episode, so if y'all want to go listen to it, please go, mm-hmm. about Sarah Josepha Hale, who is the godmother or the mother of Thanksgiving, uh, which mm-hmm. happened during the Lincoln administration. So way back when, um, mm-hmm. as a way of unifying the country, uh, we know that that was the whole intent. And during that time, of course, 
the women of the household would make a giant feast and or have their people, if there were enslaved people, make an entire feast for whomever. Not knowing much about it, I'm assuming it's also a rich person holiday at that point in time about who can afford food and when. Because we know they went through a whole thing. But the first Thanksgivings were originally back to 1600s, and they weren't as cute as you think they were. And a lot of massacres happened, as in fact, we know some tribes and some communities will actually do Thanksgiving as a day of mourning, Mm -hmm. as it should. So it's not pretty in any way whatsoever, and we have completely uh, taken it to a whole different realm. Yes, I do go down dark paths. Apologies. (laughs) Apologies. <laughs> uh, but in knowing all of that, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, of course, why wouldn't we put more labor on women and not giving them a day of like, hey, this is a day of rest. It's more of, a, no, this is double your work. Good luck. Mm-hmm. Right. And also, this is the way to save our community because we are ripped to shreds because, you know, the enslaved people, we, we actually want to have freedom and rights and abolish uh, all of this nastiness. But we need to keep the family together because, you know, mm. Jesus, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't aware of the when we did that episode on Sarah Josepha Hill, um, which it really is an interesting story. I wasn't aware of this like traditional Sunday meal. There could be another reason it's on Thursday, but I know that it is at least one of the reasons she was like, we'll do it on Thursday. That'll give the women time to prepare for the traditional Sunday meal. Won't mess with that. So, I mean, that's that's pretty telling right there. (laughs) Right. Yeah, and I, I also think that Friendsgiving just makes sense. Um, and I know, I think I was celebrating it before it was a thing. Like, we, we didn't call it that, but it was, we were doing that. Right. It just makes sense to me. Like, you want to hang out with friends during the holidays. It might be the only time you have off um, a bunch of your friends in, in certain groups. Yeah, and it, so to me, it, it makes sense in that way. And also, just want to put in here, the term Friendsgiving is often misattributed to the show Friends. Um, that is not where it came from. But they did celebrate what we would now call Friendsgiving on the show. Just right. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I remember that. Is that the turkey episode? Uh, I mean, they did it several in several episodes. But yes, it is that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do remember. Because uh, I thought that was nasty. And I was like, why would you do this to yourself? <laughs> I think we also did that before Friendsgiving became a thing. And it was a way of exchanging presents in between, because mm-hmm. of course you couldn't do it during family times that I would want to give gifts to my friends. Uh, mm-hmm. And of course in high school, you hung out with your friends all the time. So you needed to make that happen in order to do the gift exchange, all of that. I think later on, it became a whole different level um, of sharing food. At one point in time, it was just going to restaurants and hanging out. And honestly, yeah. like I was thinking about it for this year. I'm like, I think I might just rent a back room, invite 10 people. And mm-hmm. that's the entirety of Friendsgiving because I don't want to host it at my house. I don't want to make anybody clean. I don't want anybody to have to cook. We're just going to sit and chill and hang, period. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that would be... And we could also support someone who was having to work during the holidays and get them money. <laughs> mm-hmm. That sounds nice. Sounds nice. So to close out, I did want to talk about, you know, some some memories and traditions. Because um, I remember when the pandemic was in full swing last year and we were trying to think of ways to celebrate the holidays in a time where it's so kind of different and risky in, in ways to do so. So in that way, we'll talk about some of the stuff that 
some of our memories and some things you might be interested in. And what I will say is I have been doing cheese giving for about five or six years. And that, I have to say, has been a hit. A lot of people have written in about cheese giving. Uh, Some people have started celebrating it on their own. And I applaud this and I'm very happy. But essentially, cheese giving is a particular group of friends of mine who all love cheese. (laughs) (laughs) And this is our specific Friendsgiving. And we all, we get together, we make a cheese board. It's become like, maybe I'll post some pictures. It has become a much bigger thing than it used to be where we'd all bring like, you know, maybe there'd be five cheeses. Now it's a spread. Now it's a whole thing. Um, And we've gotten really good at uh, making a nice cheese plate and there's wine and usually horror movies because of course. But uh, some of the cheeses I like on my cheese board are I like a brie, I like a gouda, a gruyere, a sharp cheddar, and a goat cheese. And then I like cucumbers and sriracha. Yes. Oh, yes. But my friends, so I bring that and then... Uh, some wine. My friends will bring like what I would call fancier cheeses. So they really like like espresso cheese, wine cheeses. Oh yeah, my favorite is that Syrah cheese. Mm. Love, love, love. Yes, yes. And it's a lovely, lovely time. Um, And then I have another friend group where, unfortunately, I've only made it to this Friendsgiving once, but they do a Friendsgiving wreath where you write what what you wish or want in the coming year. And two of my best friends, um, one of them wrote, you know, I'm going to marry this person on the wreath. And they got married. It was Aww. so sweet. <laughs> Aww. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I, I appreciate little things like that. Right. Um, traditions that we make with our friends. Right. Yeah. And then I wanted to mention this because... Somebody, a listener wrote in about this, and I'm so sorry, I can't remember your name. And I think this was a while back, so I couldn't find it. Um, But what they do, or at least one time they did, a time where everyone brought in like their favorite foods um, or foods from their family or like their history. And in that way, you would just get this very interesting like spread of foods from all over and maybe things you'd never tried before. And it sounded like such a lovely thing. And she said the idea was from the movie Signs, where, I don't know, if, at the end of the movie, I guess they they think they're going to die, maybe, and they sort of have a last meal. And they're like, what do you want? What's the thing you want? Huh. So, <laughs> yeah. But I like that idea. I like the idea of just like, let's make it a really, whatever it is, doesn't have to coordinate at Good all. Luck. <laughs> yeah. 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 My friends are more on the Google cheat. The Google, yeah, the Google sheet. sheet. Uh, yeah. so that we have to make sure, and I'm usually like, cookies, wine, you're welcome. <laughs> I did make a baked mac and cheese one time. It was pretty good. Ooh. Yeah, for our friend stuff, uh, we don't have, I've been trying to get in on this cheese giving. I've still not been invited. Anyway, <laughs> my other friends, we've, we've done a lot of different things. And typically, like I said, we do a Google Doc spreadsheet. But one thing that has changed as of late, my friends are ridiculously funny and smart and tech savvy. I am not. They make fun of me all the time because I'm like, here, I'm going to send this uh, GIF. And it turns out to be a video and they can't play it. And they're like, why? <laughs> I'm like, don't start with me. 
And I mm-hmm. was like, they would just do a whole rolling GIF uh, back and forth, and I couldn't participate, so I would just send a link, essentially, and they would find that hilarious. But <laughs> because they are these geniuses, my good friends, the same-sex couple I was talking about, who who pretty much is like host extraordinaire, one of them have gotten to the like meme stuff. So they will do bring your favorite memes and do crafts oh, to make yeah. a meme tree. And they've done it for two years straight. Last year, of course, I think they just sent pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was kind of the idea uh, behind what they were doing. So bring your favorite memes. And I was like, I, I don't have, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not. Um, and I just popped up and showed up. But that's <laughs> one of the traditions that they do. And I was like, oh, that makes, that's cute. I like that. Yeah. So they help decorate the tree beforehand and that's yeah. their favorite tree and I'm like yeah and then of course we do the white elephant do silly gifts yeah anything in this part so like typically people do really good silly gifts every now and then you get the really big things and they're like why did you okay I'll take it <laughs> like gift cards out of nowhere I'm like yeah well, okay <laughs> I have taken like but the nerf guns mm-hmm. as a president and all that so but that that's the kind of traditions that they typically do and we typically do on that mm-hmm. note and then just sit and then whoever mm-hmm. falls asleep first, and, and it's like they get stuff stacked onto them. That's our <laughs> other. We're nice to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, funny, funnily enough, I usually fall asleep first that she's giving because as, as little as I sleep, I have a window. And I if I'm tired, I, and I can fall asleep in that window, especially if there's wine and cheese involved, <laughs> I will fall asleep. So I probably have like, Four or five pictures of that I, someone has taken while I'm asleep at cheese giving <laughs> every time. Typically, and, and surprisingly, it's not me. Now, the last two years, I've gotten really bad about falling asleep because of uh, drinks, and I'm like, I'm done. I'm over it. Mm-hmm. But I usually will sneak away, so you can't find me. <laughs> I don't intend to. It just happens suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I like that. I like the, the meme tree crafts. That's a fun. That's a fun idea. So I know we were going to give recipes and then for the life of me, I forgot which one I was going to give. But one thing that I I believe I've talked about before on this show, over on the other show I do savor, which is all about food and drink. We did an episode once on ambrosia, which was one of my favorite episodes we've ever, ever done because it could literally be almost anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it, it escapes definition. <laughs> Don't you have a recipe? I feel like you shared one last year. Yes. So that is one that it's super easy. And if if you're looking for, because I think I also sh- I shared the sweet potato casserole one and chocolate pie, yeah. which are heavier heavier things. But my version of ambrosia is pretty much like juice. Uh, whichever, like if you like orange juice or orange pineapple juice, I would stick with orange or pineapple pineapple and it could be fresh or you could get it already cut and then oranges and coconut which you can also take the risk on a fresh coconut you can get the shredded coconut um, and pecans and that's it uh just put them in a container and it's fruit soup (laughs) yeah so like i'm like is that jello people do it with jello too most people do it with jello or marshmallows i've never heard of this yeah. That's not what my ambrosia is. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the uh, cloudy-looking ones, and I'm like, what is what is happening? So I don't trust ambrosia. I'm not going to lie. I don't know what you put into it. Now I know what you put into I it. I just told you. Now I know what you put into it. I, just, I said this. But I'm like, yeah. is this just the fruit cups frozen? Well, usually it's it's much nicer. It's fresher. 
And I like the touch of the pecans. It's it's surprisingly popular among my friend group because it is kind of a strange... It is very it's probably southern. the strangest thing that I it make. Is very southern. Yes, but again, when I was looking up, when I was researching for that episode on ambrosia, I was like, "People do what now?" <laughs> right. You know, one of my new traditions with my sister. My sister has come upon a really great, and you just tried this, you and your friend actually, really great chicken and dumpling recipe, and that's mm. become kind of a staple where she would bring it because my I love chicken and dumplings, and so I've been requesting it for a while. And her daughter, her oldest daughter, really loves chicken and dumplings, so it became a fan favorite. And she would bring it every year, and I'm hoping that happens again because no matter what, at least we have chicken and dumplings. Whether I'm eating sandwiches and chicken and dumplings, or one time lasagna and chicken and dumplings. We have weird meals in my house. Uh, I'm just kidding. My mother's trying, this is her way of trying to be adventurous. And I I think it's really Mm -hmm. adorable, actually. Yeah. So my new, our new little tradition is having more chicken and dumplings. And you had it super easy, uh, which I had a whole conversation with Holly uh, Mm -hmm. from uh, Stuff You Missed in History class and Criminalia about her ideal of chicken and dumplings. And it was super interesting about the differences. And I do wonder what other people's recipes are because I go into the soupy with thick dumplings that stick to the roof of your mouth type Mm -hmm. of dumplings with chunks of white chicken breast, no veggies. Where's those veggies coming from? That's the (laughs) meal that I think of for chicken and dumplings. And honestly, it's probably top five meal for me. Mm, So I do wonder... Because it is, to me, now it's become a Thanksgiving tradition. I do wonder, I have another question for y'all. What are everybody's thoughts on chicken and dumplings? Because I talked with you for a second and with uh, Lauren about maybe I should come on and talk about my chicken and dumplings. Because I think, and it's not mine, it's my sister, so I can't claim it. But I do make it. Uh, But yeah, yeah, that's one of our traditions. And I, Mm -hmm. it's also very Southern because I figured out my partner, even though he's from the South, never had it until I made it. I'm like, wait, you lived in Georgia as a teenager. And as a youth, I don't understand. Right. I do love those conversations where everybody has a different understanding of what the same thing is. Right. And that was actually um, one of the Friends Giving episodes on Friends. They had, Monica was trying to make everybody's favorite thing and it was like four different types of potatoes. Right. Of mashed potatoes and just how people thought it should taste and what it should be. <laughs> yeah, so listeners... Let us know your thoughts on chicken and dumplings. If you have any recipes you want to try, please send them our way. If you have any traditions you want to share, um, if you're celebrating Friendsgiving, any of the upcoming holidays, uh, we hope that you have a safe and lovely time. We always love hearing from you. You can email us at stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at stuff I'm never told you. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you, Christina. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I'm Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 